0: Why don't we ask God to help us tonight? Dear God, You alone are worthy of all praise, honour and glory. We thank you that you give us the privilege of reading the Bible. Thanks that I can explain it tonight. Thanks that we can do this in freedom in this nation. I pray these words would challenge us, inspire us, and draw us to a closer walk with you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Did you know that this year three famous Christian leaders have died? Three men who had amazing influence. Three men who influenced their whole generation for Christ. Three men who left a lasting legacy. First, there's David Wilkerson. Maybe you've heard of his book. It's called The Cross and the Switchblade. He worked with uh, teens caught up in the gang culture of New York, caught up in alcohol, drugs and prostitution. He helped them turn their life around. He was also known for his passionate preaching and for the organisation Teen Challenge. A famous man, he left a lasting legacy. Second, there's Howard Creasy. He's not that well known in Australia, but in the US he was very famous. He was president of the Southern Christian Leadership Conference. That's an organization which was founded by Martin Luther King, Jr. Howard brought unity and direction back to that group. He worked tirelessly for the gospel. He also left a lasting legacy. Finally, there's John Stott. His books are incredibly influential. His preaching was famous all over the world, He taught generations about the relevance and importance of the cross of Christ. He lived and breathed the gospel. He also left a lasting legacy. Three men who lived for Jesus. Three men who passed on the baton. Three men who left behind a lasting legacy. As Paul wrote this final chapter of 2 Timothy, he was sitting in chains. He was about to be executed for his faith. Beheaded. He's about to die. And here now, he gives us his final words. And they're more than just words. Paul gives a charge to Timothy. A charge to the Christians of his generation. A charge to Christians of future generations. And ultimately, a charge to all of us. And for Paul... This isn't an ordinary charge. These are not mere words. This is important. So Paul calls on God to witness what he says. Look at chapter 4 and verse 1. Verse 1. In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead, and in view of his appearing and his kingdom, I give you this charge. Paul is giving his charge before a great and mighty God, a God who is judge, a God who has ushered in a new age. Have you ever heard a last will and testimony? It says in the presence of, and then it gives the witnesses, and this is more important than a will, and the witness, incredibly enough, it's even more important than a lawyer. It's God, it's Jesus. Paul's serious, isn't he? So, So what does Paul say? What's his charge? Well, first, he challenges Timothy with what he needs to do with his life. Second, he shows Timothy the example of his own life. And third, he reassures Timothy of the great hope that lies ahead of him. He challenges Timothy, he shows his own example, and he reassures Timothy of the hope before him. First, the challenge. Paul says, Timothy, you need to tell people about Jesus. You need to share the message of Jesus everywhere and at any time. Look at verse 2. Verse 2 says, Preach the word, be prepared in season and out of season. In and out of season, Timothy needs to be prepared to speak the gospel at all times. He must be so living And breathing the gospel, that it naturally flows out. And how is Timothy to speak the gospel? Paul says he needs to correct and rebuke and encourage. Look at verse 2 again. Verse 2 says, correct, rebuke and encourage. There are echoes there of chapter 3 and verse 16 there, aren't there? Chapter 3, verse 16, and you'll find that halfway down the, the page on your outline. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness. Paul is saying the message of the Bible, the gospel is useful for these purposes and is useful at all times. But Paul Paul warns Timothy, it'll take patience. It'll take care. Let's return to verse 2. Correct, rebuke and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. Timothy Timothy needs to be patient and careful. He mustn't get easily angry. He mustn't be hurtful. He mustn't be reckless. The gospel is not an off-the-cuff remark. It's not a joke. The gospel is deadly serious. Eternally serious. And Paul goes goes on to show why it will take such patience it's because people won't want to hear about it they won't want to hear about Jesus they'd rather hear anything else look at verse 3 chapter 4 verse 3 for the time will come when men will not put up with sound doctrine instead to suit their own desires they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear they will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. It's true, isn't it? It's still true today. It happens in churches everywhere, even this church. I've heard of people who ask their pastor, why can't you just tell us a nice story? Why do you have to talk about Jesus all the time? It also happens in our daily life, doesn't it? People tell you, can you stop banging on about that Jesus bloke? People want to hear what makes their ears tingle, what gets them excited, what gets their motor running. People want to hear anything that makes them feel good about themselves but, but the gospel doesn't do that does it? The gospel points out where we're wrong, it points out our sin it points out that we need a saviour it doesn't scratch our itching ears the gospel does it? We'd rather hear a myth that comforts than the truth that convicts. It's going to be tough for Timothy People won't want to hear it. But Paul says, don't let that put you down. Don't let that distract you. Paul says to Timothy, keep your head. Do the work you have to do. Speak the gospel. Tough it out. Look at verse 5. Verse 5. But you keep your head in all situations. Endure hardship. Do the work of an evangelist. Discharge all the duties of your ministry. Paul says to Timothy... Gospel preaching will always be tough. People will always reject the gospel. So you need to keep your head. Stay self-controlled. Rely on the Holy Spirit. That spirit which is not of timidity. That spirit which is of power, of love, and of self-discipline. You know, there was a commercial many years ago for paint. The catch cry in this commercial was, keep on keeping on. That paint would last the distance. It would keep on keeping on. Paul wants Timothy to be that paint. He wants him to keep on keeping on. And then Paul tells Timothy his own situation. Paul's time is short. He's about to die. Paul isn't just telling Timothy to keep on keeping on. He set the example. And now he's about to die for it. Look at verse 6. Verse 6 For I am already being poured out like a drink offering, and the time for my departure is near. Paul's going to die. He knows it, and he's ready. His life is poured out, it's given as an offering to God, a life of sacrifice and service to God. And Paul was sacrificial for one cause. Paul was a servant to one cause the gospel the gospel that message that Jesus died and rose again to defeat sin and death that we could be restored into right relationship with God through his sacrifice that we could be children of God heirs of God joint heirs with Jesus the son of God Jesus sacrificed himself for us now Paul has sacrificed himself for the gospel and you know what Paul's left A lasting legacy. He's done it by not quitting. He's run his race. He's fought his fight. He hasn't given up on the gospel. Paul's made it to the end and he's left his legacy. Look at verse seven. Verse seven I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Paul's race is finished. Paul's done the job. Paul's left his legacy. And now he talks about what is in store. Now he talks about what is to come for him, and not just for him, but for everyone who sticks with Jesus. Paul tells Timothy that after all the challenges, after all the stresses, there's hope, there's a reward, there's something to look forward to. Jesus has a treasure, a prize, a crown for his people, for all who love and long for Jesus. For Paul, For Timothy, for you and for me. Look at verse 8. Verse 8. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. All the hardship, all the suffering, all the passionate living. It's worth it, isn't it? It's worth it because of this award. So what's Paul saying to Timothy? Don't give up. There is an award, a prize, a hope. Keep living for Jesus. Don't lose your crown. Did you notice who gives this crown as well? The Lord, the righteous judge. Jesus, who we saw earlier, verse 1, will judge the living and the dead. So Paul's ready to go. He's confident. He's ready to face the judge. He knows he's trusted in Jesus. He knows he'll receive the crown of righteousness. He knows he's left behind a lasting legacy. And he wants Timothy to do the same. Timothy, he urges, trust in Jesus so that you too can receive the crown. Timothy, he urges, leave a legacy, a legacy of a life that served God And the gospel. Pretty powerful stuff, isn't it? Paul has charged Timothy, keep preaching the gospel. Carefully, patiently, even when people don't want to hear about it. Paul has set out his example, his own legacy. And he's reminded Timothy of the goal. So, what about us? Where does this all leave us? Let me ask you this question. What's your legacy? We've received the legacy of the gospel because of faithful men like Paul, faithful men like Timothy, faithful men like Howard Creasy, John Stott, David Wilkerson, men who had their lives poured out in service to the gospel. So what's your legacy? Are you trusting Jesus? Are you longing for his appearing? Do you know this hope? Will you receive the crown of righteousness? Friend, if you don't know, I urge you to think carefully. Turn your life to Jesus Christ. Rely on Him to forgive you and give you that crown of righteousness. If you want to talk to someone about it, there are people here who would love to talk to you tonight. If you are following Jesus, what legacy are you leaving behind to your children? To future generations, to that younger person who's sitting near you tonight. How can we leave a legacy? How can we fight the good fight? How can we finish the race? How can we keep the faith? Well, I think there are two aspects, two aspects to leaving a legacy. One, what you can cut out from your life to make it more gospel focused. And two, what you can add to your life to make it more gospel focused. You need to cut out some things. You need to add some things. First, what do you need to cut out from your life? What do you need to remove that's distracting you from the gospel? You know, the other other day I saw a lady who'd served me regularly in my local video store. I wondered, if I tried to share Jesus with her, would she think about the movies that I'd hide out? Would she think that what I watched was at odds With my words about Jesus? Or would she remember my attitude to her as a service person? Had I been so rude to her that she couldn't see someone lovingly sharing the gospel, but that rude, demanding person, what kind of legacy did my example leave her? And then there's my work I work in customer service. As people here can testify, it can be quite difficult at times. People can be difficult. But what kind of legacy do I leave behind? If they saw me in church, would they say, well, I never thought we'd see that rude man in church. (laughs) And what about the people I work with? If they heard me talk tonight, and some of them are, what would they say? You can ask them afterwards. (laughs) Would they say, that doesn't sound like the bloke who works with us. Would they paint a different picture of me? Would they paint a picture of someone ruthless, aggressive, rude who doesn't reflect the gospel? What about you? What about your legacy? What do you need to cut out from your life? With people in the shops, with waiters at restaurants, with your schoolmates, with your workmates? What legacy would they say you've left them? Secondly, what do you need to add to your life to leave a lasting legacy? What can you do to make your life a life that is passionately serving God for the sake of the gospel? Perhaps you need to seek God more, to spend more time in prayer. Do you need to see people around you with the love and compassion of God? Do you long to see your family and friends loving and serving God? Are you desperate to see them living a life for God? I once heard someone say that he would regularly walk around his neighbourhood and with many tears pray for his neighbours. Do you have that passion for people? Perhaps for some of us, we really need to know what it is we believe. We need to understand what it is that we hold so close. That proclaiming the gospel in season and out of season means this gospel needs to be an integral part of our lives. We need to have read it, stated it, We need to have meditated on it. For others of us, perhaps we need to stop reading and start acting. Perhaps we need to do instead of think, go instead of procrastinate. Stand up and be counted when the talk turns to God. We need to put feet to our faith, walk the talk. Perhaps you need to stop thinking about what I might be able to do if all the circumstances were just right just do what I can within my own circumstances what do I need to add to my life so I can leave a legacy of the gospel behind and finally as we all face the challenge that Paul has set before us in 2 Timothy let's remember the hope that we have in Jesus remember your life on this earth is short remember that heaven is before us remember that a crown of righteousness is before us so don't give up Live for God. Live for Jesus. Live for the gospel. Live for the kingdom. Leave a lasting legacy. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we are so grateful to you for the gospel. For Jesus living and dying for us. For Jesus taking all our sin on the cross for Jesus rising again and defeating sin and death. Help us to believe, to trust in you. Help us to live for the gospel. Help us to die for the gospel. Help us to be your voice, your eyes, your hands, your feet to our generation. Help us to pass the gospel on to the next generation, that your message will go on and on and never fade or stop. Help us to leave a legacy behind which gives glory to your name. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.